listening to Wake Up and Read the Labels, your guide to eating simple and feeling good. If you want to eat clean and feel your best, guess what? You're in the right place. Each week, we talk about ingredients that may be holding you back from feeling your best. We also talk to some brands that are going against the grain and actually using real ingredients we can recognize. Plus, we're sharing stories with people who are just like you, who actually woke up and read the labels. Good morning, everyone. It's Jen Smiley with the Wake Up and Read the Labels podcast. I'm excited because we're going to be bringing on an amazing person. His name is Dr. Trey Sands. He's a board-certified plastic surgeon whose practice is located in Metairie, Louisiana, which is near New Orleans. He's one of the best Metairie plastic surgeons. Now, Dr. Sands is trained in all areas of cosmetic and reconstructive surgery. He has particular interest in body contouring after massive weight loss a.k.a. things that happen when you can eat clean, also breast reconstruction and some aesthetic surgery. So, Dr. Sands, I'm excited to have you here. How are you? I'm well. I'm well. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, I'm excited to talk to you about why do people turn to plastic surgeon? What could give someone that's interested in plastic surgery the best results and how they can maybe prepare for the surgery, right? So, I don't know if you want to add anything. I know I just introduced you probably pretty well. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I will say that, you know, our practice is really, it focuses on mostly body aesthetic surgery. We do non-surgical facial rejuvenation with injectables and things like that. But from a surgical aspect, we really, really focus on the aesthetic surgical body contouring procedures, which are typically mommy makeovers. We'll talk about later liposuction, uh, tummy tuck, Brazilian butt lifts, thigh lifts, arm lifts, and all of those things that encompass the body and contouring the body. And that's our focus. And so I think what we're going to speak about is the fact that there's so many factors that come into play for our patients that affects not only how they recover, but their ultimate result. And we tell patients this all the time. It's a team approach. We can do everything right in the operating room. And there is a certain component that is up to the patient before and after surgery to really optimize the recovery and the result itself. So we really need buy-in from patients from the beginning. First off is patient selection and then making sure that they're stepping with us every step of the way after surgery as well. Yeah, I love that. We're definitely going to be talking about the mommy makeover because I have to say, Dr. Sands, I eat clean, but I'm a mom of two boys and they can do some damage to your body, right? And so I know there's a lot of moms out there listening that either are frustrated that they're doing all the right things and they just can't get to exactly where they want to be. So let's talk about why would someone choose plastic surgery so that maybe we can kind of open this door that, hey, look, you're not superficial if you choose this. And so we know that plastic surgery is for self-confidence, but really there's more to it, right? Why are people choosing to get plastic surgery? Well, there's a number of different reasons for people wanting plastic surgery. And I think that's, as a physician, it's my obligation and duty to kind of decipher those things and make sure they're for the right reasons. It is a very emotional decision, Mm -hmm. but it can be a very, very rewarding decision that tends to give people their life back or maybe allow them to move into a second chapter of their life, certainly if it's after weight loss or after having children. 
And so what we do through that evaluation and consult process is listen to the needs or the concerns of the patient and make sure that those concerns are valid concerns that everybody sees, that we see as a surgeon. And then make sure that the reason that they're wanting to do it is for the right reasons. And and that really is just because it is something that is holding them back either emotionally or physically, and they're doing it for themselves and not for any other reason. And so that's really the most important thing that we can do as a physician to try to clarify. And that takes time to sit down and listen to each individual patient. And everybody's different. But when you get it right, when you have a person that's coming in for the right reasons, that has concerns that are correctable and things go well, then it really, really can have a truly positive impact on people. And these are things that we're talking about that no amount of diet, exercise, or correction of lifestyle can change because there are things that physiologically and anatomically have been changed permanently due to, you know, certain life factors. Yeah. And I know a few of your clients happen to be some of my good friends. And I know that they tell me whenever they did come into your office to even talk about whether they wanted to get something done or not, they said, I I was so impressed at how he just listened to me and made me feel so comfortable and explained everything to me. So I know you're putting a lot of TLC into even that pre-framework around why you would need this surgery and whether it's really going to be something that benefits your life. And so thank you for that, because I don't think that is that kind of bedside manner is found everywhere. And I know it's so important, especially when someone is considering this type of decision. So tell me this. Body image is so important, right, for both confidence and also functionality, like you said. Sometimes anatomically things aren't done right, but where we are aligning mostly is a patient's recovery and the healing, right? Those play a huge part. How does one who's in really good shape coming into your office needing something differ from someone who's in really bad quality, bad shape, whether it's lifestyle or just medically, how do those differ? Well, first off, that patient that is in a much better physical position from a health standpoint, mm-hmm. who is, you know, has some steady activity that is eating correctly and not being abusive to what they're eating is going to, one, have lower complication rates and lower risk factors associated with those perioperative risks. And then they're going to recover much easier, much faster, with less of those potential complications. And that's, you know, part of what we do is really, really trying to weed out, you know, patients that we don't feel like would be an optimal medical candidate for these procedures based on their lifestyle their medical conditions, their lab work, their current weight, and kind of where they are in their life in general. We not only look at it from the physical aspect of things, but also the emotional aspect of things. If somebody is going through a troubling time and they're having a bit of a depression, that's something that we would discuss and talk about because there's a physiologic derangements that happen after surgery just because of the stress of anesthesia and surgery that can push our emotional state and our physiologic state down. And we don't want to suppress those too much to where we can't get people out of them quickly. Yeah. Someone's coming in with bad blood work and or bad lab results, you know, high cholesterol, high blood pressure, those types of things with higher risk. And they're very overweight 
do you, is it advisable, whether it's you or anybody, any other um, plastic surgeon out there that they don't want to perform the surgery or are they encouraged to maybe lose some weight, get their labs where they should be? How do you go about that? It may be done differently in other practices because I know that a lot of practices, when they call for a consultation on the phone, they ask a weight and if they're over a certain weight, then they say, no, I'm sorry, sorry, we can't see you. Interesting. And they leave it at that. Our approach is a little bit different because, you know, we want to take a little bit more of a holistic approach. So when they call for a consult, my staff goes through screening with them, asking about their medical conditions, their body mass index, which is an indicator of their height and weight. And if they don't fall into that surgically optimal criteria at that point in time, we set up a time for them to meet with our patient coordinator for a consult with her. And she kind of goes over, you know, what their interests are, what before and after photos may look like, and the process of recovery, and the fact that they're not quite ready for surgery because of those circumstances. But we don't leave it at that. We try to find them, try to partner with them to try to find solutions. And so that may be referring them to somebody like you to talk about the way they're eating and what they can change. If their BMI is higher and they're having more trouble, then we may refer them down the hall to, we have a medical weight loss, a surgical weight loss uh, team. That's one of the largest in the region. And, and so they have a number of different options as well they can do to help people that are a little bit further down the road with a higher BMI. And then we see them back every three months or so to kind of monitor the progress. And then once we see resolution of some of those medical issues and a return to a BMI into a more normally acceptable range, then that's when we start talking a little bit more closely about what are we going to do surgically and the timing for that surgery? I love that. Work on the person as a whole from start to finish. That's great. Thank you for that. A good question. Maybe you can convince me that I definitely do want a breast lift here while we're on the podcast, Dr. Sands. Mm. But what is the most popular surgery? Probably the most popular surgery that we perform is liposuction because that seems to find its way into every single procedure that we do, whether it okay. be breast surgery, whether it be a tummy tuck, whether it be uh, fat grafting, whether it's something after massive weight loss with skin laxity. So there are patients that just come in for liposuction just because of a, a stubborn area, but it always is generally paired with things that we're doing to lift, tuck, tighten, and so forth. That's the... The bonus, the icing on the cake, get the liposuction, right? It is. Okay. What is the surgery you want to kind of dive into or something you guys offer that you think people want to know a little bit more about that? Well, I think when we're talking about specifically postoperative recovery and how important inflammation is on the body and what you put in is what you get out. Mm -hmm. What's becoming more popular today is high-definition liposuction. And so these are patients that are typically, you know, not terribly overweight, you know, more low BMI patients that are under a BMI of 30 that have just some stubborn fat and maybe they've lost some uh, because of the way that they're eating, you know, cleaner, and they want to really just sculpt their body. And maybe they don't need a tummy tuck, or maybe they do need a little skin excision, but they want a more sculpted muscular look because they're actively working out and they're just not seeing that result. And so high definition liposuction, it's not just a one size fits all procedure, but it is a very strategic liposuction technique done to enhance the underlying musculature of the body 
typically the abdominal wall and the flanks and so forth, but it is something that can really help to, to enhance the sculpted appearance, that more athletic appearance of the abdomen and flanks and the musculature in the right patient. So when we're doing that, that's a very aggressive liposuction procedure where we're really thinning out the tissues in certain areas. So inflammation and swelling is our enemy. And, and it's very, very important for patients to understand everything that needs to be done, not only beforehand and inside the operating room, but after surgery for weeks and months ongoing to really optimize that result. Uh-huh. Little changes, the, the slightest little thing, if things don't heal just right, can affect that ultimate result. So there's, there's very, very small room for error in those procedures. And so that is something that is we're doing much more frequently now because people that, you know, we may put up on social media as a before picture and, and a comment will, will be, well, that person looks great. They didn't need any liposuction or procedure. Well, I agree that patient looks great. It's not our job to take patients who don't look great and make them look great. It's just to, to our job to address, listen to patients' concerns and just allow them to be a better version of themselves. So, you know, that particular patient knows that they were more sculpted at a younger age and they want to get back to that. And mm-hmm. so that's what we do for, for that individual. But it is so important because of that small room for error that we make sure that patients are on board. We create the least amount of inflammation, least amount of swelling and get rid of that because swelling inflammation will ultimately lead to more scarring and problems with that overall result. Yeah. Do you see people that are starting diets prior to surgery and whether they're being strict, dropping weight, doing all the right things, and then they're getting their surgery and afterwards, what does their lifestyle look like as far as eating or how they're, what they're doing? Well, that's a discussion that we have with them. And um, a lot of patients will ask me beforehand, well, should I lose a lot of weight beforehand? Yeah. Well, no, I don't, I don't want you to go on a binge diet and lose a lot of weight. I want you to have a lifestyle. Mm-hmm. I want you to have a steady state lifestyle that allows your body to know where it wants to fall, where it is going to be all the time. Yeah. And then we perform the procedure and that can assure us that you're going to have a long-term result that you're going to be able to maintain. If somebody were to try to go on a bench diet or on a medication or something like that and lose 40 pounds, and then after surgery, they go back to their normal lifestyle whether it be a poor lifestyle or even a moderate, reasonable lifestyle, they may gain more weight back and they may change the ultimate result. So I I really want people to be at kind of that steady state. I want them to have a lifestyle before and I want them to maintain that lifestyle or make it even better afterwards. Mm -hmm. Maintain it so that you, you are your intended weight and you might need a little bit of something from a doctor just like you to help you get there, but complete agreement. I love it. Okay. So we talked about, you know, what people potentially are eating beforehand that can get them in the position where they need to get where they want to be versus also people, probably a lot of you listening feel like, oh, maybe, you know, I'm not really qualified. I don't need plastic surgery. I like my body. But are you, are you 
performing optimally? Do you feel like you look optimally? Is your self-confidence, is your body functioning optimally, right? These are reasons you might want to turn to a plastic surgeon. Okay. A question that I'm going to have for you at the end, I guess I won't ask you yet because it's not the end, but most importantly, I'm not going to share her name or I can share an alias name. We'll go with Helen. We shared a client and I was trying to get her on here, but I have never done a three-way podcast. So I don't know how to do that yet. But so Helen joined my program, I guess it was over a year ago. She joined Clean Eating Academy and I know she was coming to you because she wanted to get, I believe, the mommy makeover, right? Yes. She had a tummy tuck and liposuction, yeah, like a 360. And uh, she was in great shape, what you know, what people would look alike and, and never say, oh my gosh, you're, this is, I mean, what in the world could you possibly be complaining about? Mm-hmm. But like many mothers and many moms, there's certain areas that just never go back to normal. And that's something that diet and exercise can do, specifically the underlying muscles that get stretched out that cause what we call a diastasis of the rectus muscles. And that's something that any amount of exercise is just not going to correct. And, and it leads to a kind of a bulging in the mid and lower abdomen and can affect the way people feel in their clothes, the way clothes fit. With the way they look in a bathing suit, yeah, they may feel uh, very uncomfortable about wearing the bikini that they they've always worn all their life, and then it tends to lead to a little bit of residual skin laxity that you know when in the standing position they may not have a bunch of laxity, but when they sit down, then things tend to fold over, and, and that makes people feel very uncomfortable a lot of times. Yeah, for sure. I I can vouch to that. I have the little mommy elastic skin as well. But I remember when Helen came to me, she's like, listen, I'm a busy mom. I have two kids. She was divorced and she was trying to, you know, juggle her full-time job and also her kids, which we can all relate to. takes tons of time. So she was getting the same things at the grocery store, buying them gummies and making a turkey sandwich or getting to go food, right? And she's choosing things like a grilled chicken salad and spinach tortilla wraps and all the things, but nothing was changing. And I said, listen, this is what we're going to do. We're going to show you the clean gummies. We're going to show you the clean tortillas, the clean ranch dressing, just stock. You're just simply swapping. Then you get to eat the foods you love. And what do you know happened? Her and her family, they had tons and tons of benefits, but her face started changing. The inflammation started going down. And then she opened up to me and said, hey, listen, I'm actually scheduled to get a tummy tuck in two months. And that's why I did this program. And I was just like, Oh my gosh, you are, you're going to be rock star status at this point. And I know when she came into your office and got the surgery done. And at the end, she was even floored at the amount of her swelling was minimal because of the clean foods she had been putting in her body. And let's not forget for everyone listening, you can eat clean chocolate chip cookies. So you can eat the foods you love. It just has to be made with simple ingredients without those artificial chemicals and the inflammatory oils and flowers that are driving up inflammation that seemingly look healthy. They say organic, they say gluten-free, and it's really just causing consumer 
what's the word I'm looking for? Not awareness, but consumer confusion and you're being a label victim. There we go. So I wanted to bring Dr. Sands on so that we could talk about, you know, why diet is so important, why you would choose to get plastic surgery and how just having a good lifestyle for yourself and that's sustainable will keep the results for you. It'll also get you into optimal position to receive that particular surgery or procedure. I have one last question for you, Trey. What is your wake up moment in life, whether it's personally, professionally, what kind of was a pivotal moment? I think a pivotal moment for me was I was actually in college and I was in engineering. And so I was an engineer before I was a plastic surgeon. And I was a part of a youth ministry group and um, loved working with kids. And, and we did this on the college campus. And so one day I there was a kid that came in off the streets and we had spent couple of weeks with him and kind of integrated him into our group. And I kind of took him under my wing and just to make sure that he was doing okay and integrating well. And a number of weeks after he had first come in, he pulled me aside one day and he said, you know, I wanted to tell you that that evening that I came in, I was at a rough point in time. You know, I, I don't live in a good home and uh, things have been really hard in my life. And I was contemplating going home that evening and, and killing myself. And he said, uh, you know, there was somebody was looking out for me because I, I came here that one night and just by talking to you and being with you guys, uh, I decided that I didn't, I didn't need to do that. Wow. And that's hard for me to talk about. But still to today, it's had such an impact. And, and at that point in time, there was a turning point that I really felt I needed to be doing something personally, on a personal level with people to impact their life for the positive because of that feeling of return that you get. Mm -hmm. And so much of what we do as a plastic surgeon, yes, we're, we're a surgeon, we're, we're a technician. I love working with my hands and I, and I love creating and that fulfills me. But the fulfillment really that you just cannot replicate is when you see somebody that has a concern or an issue that's holding them back in life and that you have a tool or, or skill or craft that is able to help them. And then you see that transition in their life for the positive. And that's something that just continues to keep giving to me in that I think we're very privileged as a physician to be able to be part of such intimate and vulnerable positions in people's lives. And so you know, when we sit down with these people, I think they deserve a lot of time listening, hearing out why they're doing it. But then on the flip side of that, it's our duty to really set them up for the best success. I'm so happy that you are personally delivering more smiles. And mostly, I like to say you're helping fill people's cup. Up. That way they have more to give to other people. They have more to give to those surrounding them that love them and care for them and good friends and all that. So truly what you're doing, um, Dr. Sands, is you are having a ripple effect on so many lives, not just the lives that you're touching and impacting. So I appreciate you, everyone listening. You can go check out Dr. Sands on social media. What is it? Dr. Trey Sands. Okay. And what's your website? DrTreySands.com. 
You can go find him on Instagram at Dr. Trey Sands. That's spelled T-R-E-Y-S-A-N-D-S. Also, you can go to his website, drtreysands.com. We're also going to link all that below. If you are looking to talk to Dr. Trey Sands, you can go ahead and schedule a consult with him. As you can see, he's an amazing guy, an amazing plastic surgeon, and he'd love to have the opportunity to hear your story and what you may be looking for. Thank you, Dr. Sands. I appreciate you. Thank you. It's always a pleasure talking with you. I agree. I'll see you soon. Okay. Take care. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Wake Up and Read the Labels. If you like this episode, guess what? We want you to share it. We'd love that. Share it with a friend and leave us a review. You can subscribe in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or really wherever you're listening to your podcast. For more information, visit us at wakeupandreadthelabels.com. Music